You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Jackson down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And Frank, the Milwaukee Bucks are still undefeated in the Eric Bledsoe era. Milwaukee Bucks win 99-95 tonight over the Detroit Pistons. And Frank, uh, another close one for the Bucks tonight that they were able to pull out a victory and end up winning despite maybe Giannis's I don't want to say his worst game of the season but one of his uh worst games of the season uh just 21 points, 6 rebounds, an assist, 3 steals and 4 blocks for him tonight. Uh so closest he's been to a 5 by 5. Uh I don't know. Uh but either way, so even on a night where Giannis doesn't have his best game, the Bucks end up winning this one. Uh what were your immediate thoughts? Well, we mentioned yesterday, you know, the Pistons came into this game at 10 and 3. So, you know, again, we can everybody is is going to say the Pistons are going to come back down to earth at least somewhat, right? But um they haven't thus far. That, yeah, they haven't thus far and, you know, you get them at home uh when you're playing, you know, better. Um th- these are games that, you know, if you're if you again, if you want to be one of those better teams in your conference, if you want to be a, a legit top 4 contender then go out and beat another team that is right now at least in the top what two they were second i think in the east coming into this game um they'd won a bunch of games in a row granted they were all pretty much coming at home but um yeah i mean the you know like this is a show me game like show me that you know you're good enough to beat a detroit team that you're supposed to be better than and you're playing at home and i think you know certainly it was an interesting game in terms of really one of the more extreme games we've seen as far as especially I tweeted out I mean you know the defense ended up being like slightly better than probably average um I think I thought it was great at times um but you know Detroit really exploited them from the three-point line This, this is basically like the poster child game for like sort of like whenever people talk about like the scheme and things like that yep like we haven't really seen sort of the buck statistical profile kind of really actually match up with the like weaknesses that the scheme that the scheme should have right like the weaknesses the scheme should have is you should be able to exploit them for threes um you know you should probably give up more offensive rebounds because you're always scrambling uh and you should you know probably you're probably going to foul more because you're scrambling that's the one thing we've seen a lot of obviously all season is scrambling but um this was by far the the worst game the bucks have played in terms of allowing threes they had hadn't allowed more than 30 in any game this season they allowed 37 attempts tonight a season high 15 makes tonight um and 17 offensive rebounds um by the pistons eight from andre drum and six from eric moreland but but <laughs> they also somehow uh block 16 shots and hold the pistons to what 31 percent shooting on two-point shots i mean 
anything inside the arc um, was really well defended and you know I guess theoretically right like that that's the stuff you're supposed to take away if you swarm and um, and you do kind of what you're supposed to do so uh, tons of blocks 10 steals again I think that's what the third time in four games or something yep. we've had 10 steals um, so uh, again it was a kind of a weird game because it was a really slow pace game um, it probably masked um, made the game seem like more of a defensive grind out than than maybe it was it was a grind out but not maybe as defensive um, in terms of just like net results so yeah an interesting game and I thought you know the 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 fun thing to watch down the stretch was not just the Bucks making some big defensive plays, but Eric Bledsoe, after a scoreless first half, I mean, finishing with 14 points, 8 assists, wasn't efficient scoring, but um, made huge plays down the stretch. Chris Middleton made big plays uh, for much of the night, and as you said, Giannis, maybe not at his, like, you know, supernova Giannis best, but he was still pretty good, and Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe in particular, really picked up the slack, and John Henson was good for another game. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like you said, I, I like that you said it's kind of the poster child because you see some of the the good things that can come from the defense, like from that scheme, the the turnovers, the just swarming just arms everywhere <laughs> with all of the blocks, and, and you saw a lot of that tonight. Yeah, again, you saw some of those traps. You see Giannis get a steal late um, because of, of a trap that they were able to put on with him and I believe Tony Snell in one of the far corners. So you're able to do all those things, but yeah, the, then all the threes. Uh, I tweeted out, I'm not sure how many it was, but with Eric Bledsoe specifically, I feel, and this was something we talked about, how uh, there are often bad closeouts when you're scrambling so hard. And you're, if your only goal is to run them off the line, you're going to do one of those just flybys and you're going to hope that that player takes a dribble in. Well, the Pistons don't take dribbles in. Um, they, they just take dribbles to the side that you didn't run by on. Uh, and I think Bledsoe alone had three, maybe four flybys where he flies by, the Pistons player just kind of looked at him, okay, dribbled over to their right and canned a three. Uh, I know Avery Bradley had a couple of them, and he was the one that really killed him, six of ten from from three for Avery Bradley tonight. Uh, but there was a number of those where, again, you're seeing the corner threes, you're seeing closeouts that – Again, it's always tough with the the contested and wide open and all those rankings. Like, how close was the contest? And as always, the, kind of the default is, well, if the closeout wasn't close enough for them to not shoot the ball, it wasn't close enough, right? <laughs> like, the goal for three-point defense should be not to give them up and not to contest three-point looks. It's to literally keep them from taking three-point looks and that was not what happened tonight so um i think i'm curious would you say that the two games where the defensive scheme has been most exploited were the pistons right like doesn't it feel like those were the two games where you saw the the holes in the pick and roll defense and you saw a number of corner threes yeah, the first game was more pick and roll defense. You know, there was an early one tonight where they uh, they got you know, Drummond did a great job c- catching a pocket pass, and then from and maybe he was like 17 feet out, he immediately read. I think it was Avery Bradley wide open yep. in the corner and found him not a great pass, but found him wide open, and he had all the time in the world to to knock that down early as the Pistons got out what it was like a seven or eight nothing lead to to yep. start the game. So um, started sort of as a oh this this again type type moment. Um, 
you know, and again, just off the eye test, I, I don't, I didn't notice maybe the pick and roll directly leading to stuff as often. But yeah, I, I don't know. I would I mean, say it was probably better tonight. Uh, maybe better. Um, and and again, you know, Bledsoe, subbing Bledsoe in probably is, is part of that. But um, but again, I mean, they still found their way open for for lots of threes. And yep. um, again, the Bucks scrambling uh, in many cases, uh, and the Pistons were just very patient and you know worked it around. And you know, again, this is a team that came into this game. I think they were they, them and the Warriors were the two teams that were top ten in both offense and defense. So um, you know, again, are, are the Warriors or sorry, are the are the Pistons that good? No, probably not. Um, they're probably you know a media, you know a middle of the pack offense in reality, um, but they were good tonight. You know, I, I, it was interesting. We saw Langs and Galloway. You know, the Bucks make a nice run at the end of the third quarter. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon with a couple nice plays to to kind of stretch open the lead, and then it was just a good Langs third quarter Galloway. period, thirty four twenty one. Like that, it, it was just a, a great performance. The offense finally got clicking, and the defense was still there, and it was just a good solid third quarter. And then yeah, Langs and Galloway. Yeah, and Lance Galloway hits two very questionable threes. I mean, those two threes were, you know, to be honest, I mean, Lance Galloway historically is not a great three-point shooter. Um, the fact that he's hitting, you know, off-the-dribble stuff um, in dudes' faces. <laughs> Somebody I mean, asked if the third one that he ended up missing was a heat check, and in my mind I was like, weren't the first two heat checks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing, right? Like, in theory – those are not the threes that you know the schematically you're as worried about, right? Like Langston yeah. Galloway dribbling, you know stuff, um, and then he gets fouled on another three to to score nine points quickly off the bat to really re, re, uh, you know bring the bucks, reel the bucks back in early in the period. Um, the upside was uh, Langston Galloway got really confident, and he probably <laughs> shouldn't have been so confident because I think he missed four three pointers thereafter uh, and was eventually subbed out. So. Um, you know, it was one of those games that, uh, you know, this is what happens. I mean, we, we talk about it. You know, teams, if you give up, the more threes you give up, the more volatility you you kind of expose yourselves to, both good and bad. And um, obviously tonight was one that could have gone very badly for the Bucks because giving up all those threes. But, um, you know, it's what we've talked about before. I mean, if you take away other stuff, I mean, you can at least survive giving yep. up a lot of threes. Um, if you're going to give up tons of stuff in the paint and give up threes and foul a lot, yeah, well, forget about it right? like you're asking your offense to you know basically score 200 points or whatever so um tonight at least they took away other things um you know uh it maybe wasn't as as blatant uh an issue uh from the foul line tonight as as in the previous game still were minus five in terms of makes minus uh three in terms of attempts so at least not as glaring a difference um but uh you know uh, again ultimately it was the fact that they just contested shots terrifically um you know around the basket and uh were able to force enough turnovers i think the the pistons had 18 team turnovers um you know again sort of the the turnover forcing the chaos inducing uh had at least enough positives tonight that you know you ended up being able to scrape out a win when you know again the offense was not at its peak tonight and um they started off very cold from three came around a bit as the game went on um, but, uh, you know, uh, one of those games where it was very nice to have the real Chris Middleton, uh, stand up hopefully, uh, with 27 points on 21 shots, eight assists, six rebounds, two steals. Um, Chris was big, hit some That's very big shots. That's more than the real Chris Middleton. Yeah. We dream of that being the real Chris Middleton. Um, yep. 
but he he you know he, some of them were were tough shot express but he still made some some shots in the fourth quarter in particular um that helped the bucks weather some of that storm and uh and then Bledsoe really what did Bledsoe have the last seven points of the game I think for the for the bucks including a big three um he was excellent and uh you know uh another three steals two blocks from him you know how many you know can you get three straight games with two blocks next next game or whatever it was yeah um he's uh he has been been something um when he's uh when he's you know since he came over and uh obviously it's just uh fun to see the team being able to win games and and again you know um there's still a lot of work to be done here but um at a minimum you know we're seeing we're seeing things at least seem to come together a bit and you know again i mean marcus johnson commented during the during the broadcast i mean he's had this sore knee he hasn't even participated in a full practice yet which yep. You know, again, it kind of continues to make me kind of nervous. Like, it'd be nice to have uh, a few days off to let him rest up or something. Because I mean, it, that's obviously always a big concern with him was the injuries. Yeah, and I was gonna say they've uh, they eliminated four games in five days off the schedule completely this year. I believe this is as hard as it could get. Four games in six days. That's literally what the Bucks just went to uh, or just went through. So it is kind of a, a, a difficult spot when you have a guy that has those knee problems and then hasn't played in three weeks and then you bring him in and he's got four games in six days. So um, logical not to run him through those practices, but still um, probably not going to actually see uh, his best form. And I I'm, remain very curious as to what it is, like what Bledsoe in top form looks like, because I think we keep getting hints. We keep seeing some of those i mean in the third quarter you just see the swarming defense you see the things Bledsoe can do when he's able to trap people when and in that first half i mean he was everywhere on the back side they were trying to throw lobs to to drum it over the top of a front Bledsoe comes over and tips it out uh they have a loose ball it's about to go out of bounds all of a sudden eric Bledsoe somehow gets his hand on it and one hands it back in uh there's a loose ball on the on the baseline somehow Bledsoe gets inside Drummond and grabs it, and it, he just—he was just everywhere. That—that um, that was really the the just overwhelming feeling I got watching, and whether or not that was true, I don't know. But it, it just felt that way. Like the, there was nothing the Pistons could do in that first half where Eric Bledsoe wouldn't somehow be involved. And again, I, I don't know if we got that for the entire game. Um, he only plays 30 minutes tonight, so he's still not all the way there. But uh, I think, to me, that's one of the most exciting things about this is we always talk about the defense and making the defense better. Well, that was closer. I mean, for most of that game, the defensive rating was in the mid-90s. It ends at 105 uh, for the Bucks tonight because they give up that 33-point fourth quarter. But that was three quarters of good to very good defense from the Bucks, and obviously it helps when the Pistons miss some shots and maybe they're not feeling it quite right but still it, there was those moments where you thought okay this is the Bucks at somewhat close to their full defensive potential so we'll see if that can be sustained for longer stretches if Eric Bledsoe can go a little bit longer if that can can mean full complete games of good to very good defense um so so that's really exciting and then just thinking about what this team would have looked like a couple weeks ago with Giannis having the foul trouble that he does he picks up his fourth on I don't want to say the dumbest fouls because Giannis has some dumb fouls in his life but 
grabbing on to Anthony Tolliver as he beats him coming down the lane on an, a baseline inbounds play. Like, one, how do you lose Anthony Tolliver in that situation? And two, lose Anthony Tolliver. I don't care. <laughs> don't You don't need to grab on to Tolliver's jersey and pick up a fourth foul. So he gets one there. His fifth is, what, closing out a, a corner three uh, too tightly? And again, Anthony Tolliver is kind of good at jumping forward and making sure that contact is <laughs> yeah. created. Uh, don't get me wrong, but to put himself in that position, there there was some ball watching from Giannis, and he just didn't really seem to have have a great flow. Uh, but again, three steals and four blocks, so th- there's something there. Um, but just wasn't a great night, and he didn't have that flow. And then we kind of saw what it was like when he has five falls in the last Pistons game. We saw some of those spin moves to the middle where he was still the guy that had to create it all, but he couldn't go all the way. Of, he, he couldn't go a full 100% on that drive. He had to he had to lay it up short. He had to stop a little bit short to make sure he didn't get a charge. And tonight you kind of saw what the difference was. You saw that, one, Chris Middleton could kind of just take over it for much of the fourth quarter. Obviously, he ends up missing one of those uh, faders against Ish Smith where you just wish, like, Chris, you're 6'8", like, actually post him up and get to the basket rather than a, a baseline fader. But Chris had a, a number of nice shots and a nice plays in that fourth quarter in 27, 8, and 6. So Chris kind of takes over, and then down the stretch, they go to Bledsoe. And I thought it was interesting with Kidd in the post game. He mentioned that uh, there was a play with, I think, in the final two minutes where they decided to run side pick and roll with Bledsoe and Giannis. Bledsoe gets into the lane and then ultimately tries to throw a bounce pass to Giannis and wasn't a very good pass. It was a turnover. But Kid said that Bledsoe told him, like, we need to run another one of those because people are just flying at Giannis and I'm going to have a shot. Like, it's going to be open for me. Like, we should run that again. And sure enough, the, the play that seals it is a middle pick and roll. The roller goes with Giannis. The helper stays a little bit too long on Giannis, and Bledsoe's able to just step into an elbow jumper and hit another one like he did uh, in San Antonio to lock that one down. And you can just kind of see that there's just more options out there. There's more people that understand how to close out games, whether it's Chris, whether it's Bledsoe, whether it's Giannis. They just have more options. And it was it was fun to think about a year ago in that position – it would have been the, I don't even want to say, it's definitely not 50-50, the twenty eighty option of a Delhi floater falling or a Delhi floater falling miserably short. Like, that that would have been what it was. Like, you run a pick and roll with Giannis as the roller, and it's going to be Delhi. Or you re, you invert it, and they force the ball out of Giannis's hands, and they force it in Delhi's hands. And We've seen how that can go, and, and even at times, uh, obviously Brogdon is a, a little bit better at that uh, finishing than Delhi was last year, and especially this year. But to see a guy that has that top level speed like Bledsoe, that can make the decisions like Bledsoe, that can be willing to hit that shot like Bledsoe, it's it's huge for this team. Like three guys that you feel maybe again, maybe you waver a little bit on Chris and whether or not you feel confident there, but. With Bledsoe and Giannis, you have that two-man game that is just lethal to end games. Yeah, I mean, you know, joking about, you know, a year ago we were, um, you know, had the the fingernails on chalkboard of of 
Delhi trying to run late game pick and rolls and, and the Bucks struggling mightily in the clutch and you know to go from that to this year with with Bledsoe being being the guy running the pick and rolls and, and being able to make plays on both ends um, you know even hitting a three pointer uh, down the stretch tonight which was obviously awesome to see given he's had a, a tough start from three early uh, in his uh, Bucks days but um, but yeah it's just obviously just gives you kind of a different dimension and um, again you know there there's no with with Bledsoe Middleton and Giannis there's there's no kind of like one way that you have to play um yep. and so uh you can run that pick and roll for for Bledsoe and and Giannis and you know now if teams blatantly play to for you know play the pass to Giannis you know like we saw I mean Bledsoe like was almost like wait what I've got like a wide open 15 foot <laughs> jump shot okay I'll shoot that um you know, it's like teams are playing the deli defense on him, and he's like, "Okay, that's fine. I'll I'll take that." And Just so you guys same... know, I am not Matthew Dellavedova. Like... Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and he had one of those in San Antonio as well, right? Yep. Where. Um, team he got kind of just wide open and just stuck a mid-range jumper because nobody was guarding him so um, encouraging certainly see him making plays and and again I I have no idea what his clutch numbers (laughs) have been historically um, uh, or if this is fluky but obviously he has not been afraid of the moment you know making big shots uh, making big plays and um, and just having them look under control like Every time he he's taking one of those jumpers, it's not it's not a flailing floater. Like it is an under control jump shot, and you ju- you just feel like you can trust it. Again, I don't know the clutch numbers. I can look them up uh, in a little bit, but just feeling that confidence and feeling that that was an under control shot from a very talented basketball player. Like that just feels good. That, that it just feels very very comfortable. Um, and yeah, you mentioned the three two. I mean, you run, what was it, uh, a Bledsoe-Middleton pick-and-roll that gets it to Middleton on a switch, and then Middleton takes a couple dribbles on the wing, just takes that one last dribble to bring that defender from Bledsoe one step closer out to Bledsoe, wide open three. Like, that's tough. That is a tough play to stop. Yeah, and I think the, you know, again, this is the advantage right if you get two of your you know tonight we didn't see uh great nights from Bledsoe we didn't see great night from from Giannis we saw I think certainly above average night obviously from Chris um and you know that that gives you that gives you a chance every night and again then if you can defend at a more consistent level where you know you're not giving up 120 defensive rating then you're not putting all that pressure on on Giannis and Chris and and Bledsoe to all be good at the same time or all be efficient at the same time um and it's just shifting kind of from from the the kind of obvious stars for a moment um you know, I think another story here. Obviously, Drummond ends up putting up kind of his usual Drummond numbers. Um, with what, what did he have? Uh, seventeen rebounds, eighteen rebounds. Yeah, seventeen rebounds, thirteen points, four assists. Um, you know, five of eight free throws. So again, getting to the line more against the Bucks than against any other team this season. But at least he wasn't fourteen out of sixteen tonight. Yep. Um, did have eight offensive rebounds. It was kind of funny. I was looking at the the play by play. I think of the. Pistons 17 offensive rebounds. I think six or seven came off of Bucks blocks. So at, at least, okay. at least, at, at those are at least a little bit more, def, you know, understandable uh, off a of shot block. Um, but uh, you know, he Drummond hurt them on the offensive boards, and then Eric Moreland hurt them on the offensive boards as well. And I think 
obviously the plus note was that you know the 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 Pistons for all those offensive rebounds, you know at least couldn't hurt the Bucks much in the paint uh, with those follow ups. You know it seemed like a lot of times when there was an offensive rebound, then the Bucks blocked the second shot, blocked the third shot, um, and I think a lot of credit goes to the Bucks big guys who again you know uh, certainly you wouldn't look at this as a night where the Bucks big men shown in terms of keeping the opponent off the defensive boards um, but I still think you know Henson and Thon Maker gave you some some good minutes uh, some good spurts and you know Henson 10 points 10 boards half of them offensive rebounds two blocks I mean he looked as energetic in like the first six minutes of the game as maybe I've ever seen John Henson um, he was everywhere yeah. Um, I mean, the only downside really was 0 for 4 from the foul line. Um, and Thon, to his credit, um, you know, just one out of two uh, from the field, uh, scores a couple points, um, three rebounds, one assist, one steal, four blocks, though. And I Is thought, four you know, a again, career high? It almost has to be a career high. Yeah, I think it has to be. Um, and I think we saw a few examples of, you know, the whole the Kyle Lowry, you know, tracking the guard yep. from the perimeter thing that kind of got us all lathered up and excited uh, <laughs> last playoffs. Um, we actually saw a, a couple of those tonight as well. And, you know, again, um, certainly not a dominating performance inside from Thon, but I thought we saw some encouraging stuff from him and, uh, you know, uh, the little KG inspiration uh, <laughs> maybe had, had a little bit of an effect. So, um, so that was nice to see as well. So the Bucks bigs, you know, again, against a team that, you know, especially with Drummond has has hurt them in the past. Um, you know, Drummond still got his, still got offensive rebounds, but um, to for a large extent, man, it felt like like the Bucks kind of kind of neutralized Drummond um, in terms of you know him hurting you in those pivotal moments. You know, he was a minus seven, uh, and and it just felt like you know the the Bucks got some some good minutes from from their big. So it, it, uh, I was gonna say it seemed like those two just really battled tonight. Like yeah. whether whether or not they shut anyone down. It doesn't necessarily matter as long as they battle and make it that tough because, like you said, some of those offense rebounds were blocks. And I'm thinking, to some of those drumming finishes in close, there was a number of blocks there. And, and Henson had a couple where he'd, where Drummond flipped up uh, just a little hook shot, and Henson was able to get some of those. And again, Henson, I think Henson only gets two blocks tonight, but there was a number that if he didn't block, he certainly affected um, and helped uh, encourage them into the rim and the backboard rather than uh, through the hoop. Uh, so there was I just thought those two, 48 minutes between them, 28 for Henson, 20 for Maker, they just battled and, and they just worked. And uh, especially in that first half, a number of tip-outs and a, a number of taps that just kind of kept offensive boards alive and – Again, if they're going to be undersized, that's that's what they have to do. They have to just work their asses off for 48 minutes, and I think that's exactly what they did against Drummond tonight. They made it difficult on them. It, it wasn't an easy 13 and 17 with eight offensive rebounds. Like he he worked for all of those, and um, I, I thought those two really did a, a nice job tonight. And that that's kind of what you need from them. Just energy, just bringing it. And you know what? You're probably going to get outscored by the, the opposing center. You might get out-rebounded by the opposing center. But if you battle for 48 minutes, I don't think at the end of the day we can really ask for much more out of those two. 
Other guys off the bench who I thought did a nice job, Malcolm Brogdon, um, 12 points, 9 shots, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, a block. Did have 4 turnovers, um, but I thought he had a, especially a nice spurt there uh, at the end of the third quarter um, yep. in a 2-for-1 situation, pulls up, and I guess we shouldn't be surprised anymore, but a pull up <laughs> off the dribble, 3-pointer, um, and then he combines with Thon to create a steal, um, and uh, I thought he showed a really nice savvy there. He saw a couple of big guys kind of bearing down on him as he was racing down on a fast break. And he goes up in the air knowing that he's got Snell and Thon following him. And he wisely dumps it off to Tony for uh, an open dunk. So um, I thought that was a, a nice, uh, certainly a nice cap to the third quarter. Granted, uh, Galloway got most of those points back real quick uh, to start the fourth. But, um, you know, again, I think tonight they end up, you know, bleeding that lead away with Giannis on the bench in the fourth quarter. Um and, you know, I think what we've been seeing of late is certainly from a plus minus standpoint, the Giannis effect has normalized. And <laughs> what what you would expect is now shown in the plus minus data we talked about at the beginning of the season. That was a little weird because the Bucks were, you know, not actually that much better with with Giannis. Um, now they are by a mile. Um, and tonight he was a plus 16 team best. Um, and, you know, again, I mean, we can argue whether Giannis could have done anything about, you know, Langston Dalloway randomly getting hot, obviously. But um, I, I thought, you know, it, it was it was tough because you, you feel like with the guys that they can throw out there um, when he's on the bench, you know, especially with Middleton playing well, you, you know, you're you're going to have to be able to survive five to seven minute stretches at times without Giannis. Right. Yep. Um, and tonight the fouls, you know, Jason Kidd was joking or sort of joking in Jason Kidway um, <laughs> about you know how they wanted to get him under 35 minutes for a change because they've been you know running him 40 in last min- last game 44 minutes um, and so he kind of joked that Giannis made sure that he was able to keep him under you know that by by getting into foul trouble and making his life easier um, so foul trouble is certainly part of it I think Giannis came back didn't come back till I think the six minute mark of the fourth quarter um, so you know again not not an, an ideal situation um and the bucks you know i think the lead had narrowed what to like like a point or something like that or three points or something like that it was it had gotten close again yep. um and so that's like kind of one of those things to watch i mean the bucks should not need Giannis to be on the court 44 minutes a game in order to be competitive with the detroit pistons like the whole point of having bledsoe and these other guys is um you know you got to be able to hold your own when when Giannis is on the bench and um certainly the the wins are coming and and that's all positive but certainly that'll be one of those things to watch out and um you know i think certainly right now um pretty short bench right i mean only three guys really played off the bench tonight dj wilson gets some random first half run plays two minutes grabs a rebound and then sits down um thon malcolm and deandre liggins play 20 plus minutes each though and uh obviously on aggregate it was uh it was a heavy load for um for the starters and interesting tony snell playing 39 minutes tonight he ends up finishing the game rather than malcolm so um i'm sure i I don't you know this is jason kidd i'm sure there's not going to be a one-size-fits-all um answer there that that will probably vary game by game and probably more often than not we'll see malcolm late in games but um it was nice to see tony snell playing well and uh you know hitting hitting a couple really big free throws late as well which is impressive for a guy who doesn't shoot many free throws um to to make some clutch plays he ends up with 13 points on seven shots and um you know certainly uh, another game another game where tony reminds us that uh you know 
he he's he's not uh, resting on his laurels despite getting that big contract. Yeah, uh, he he was totally fine, and uh, I guess he kind of mops up a number of the deli minutes. Uh, obviously, uh, between him and Brogdon, thirty nine and twenty six, uh, maybe you would have expected that to go the other way um, to see Brogdon take thirty nine of those and Tony take twenty six, um, but for the most part, they kind of helped. Sop up some of those those deli minutes with deli out with left knee tendonitis tonight, and um, I, I, it's just kind of it's it's an interesting spot where this Bucks team is just kind of good enough to just continue to win games. And again, I, I don't know that they've found the best chemistry yet. I don't know that they've figured out the units that are going to work best when Giannis is off the court. I don't know that they know exactly what sets are perfect for them, but they're kind of figuring all of this out as they go, and they're winning. Like that, that isn't always the case. When you add someone new, when you try to figure out exactly how you're going to look and work as a team going forward, you don't necessarily win those games. You you have some struggles in the clutch. You you are unable to get the stops that you need, and that wasn't the case tonight. So um, to me, that that is just really encouraging that they are able to pull out these victories. And as as you look forward, you're looking at at some games that I think are are pretty winnable. Um, you look at the schedule going forward. There's a chance that. The Bucks rattle off a, a pretty impressive November. Um, as you as you look at exactly who's coming in, uh, Saturday you go to Dallas. Dallas is the worst team in the league. One of the worst teams. You in the have league. to you have to win that game. You have to win that game, Bucks. You hear me, Bucks? You have to win that game. I remember what happened last year when the Mavericks were winless, and you did not take care of business. So you have the Dallas. Way, then Eric. Eric, did did I mention that they have to win that game? Okay, just check against against who? Against Dallas? That's the one. That, okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Dallas is the one that they have to win. So you have Dallas on Saturday. That has a chance to push it out to five straight. You got a tough one against the Wizards back at home on Monday, and then you go on a four game road trip out west. But it's at Phoenix, winnable. At Utah, no go bear, very winnable. At Sacramento, very winnable, and then you end at Portland. That's that's the rest of November, and you're looking at a spot where, after losing the first three games in November, you have a really decent shot to win all of those games except the Washington and Portland games. Like those are those are two that will be challenging. There's some easy ones there, so uh, we might be looking at a team that is kind of putting things together. Um, they're going to have the opportunity to have a good month. It's just going to be, are they actually a good team? Uh, can they actually do this? Um, so it, it's just, it, to me, it, it's encouraging to see them start to rattle the, some of these off and, and do that while they still adjust. Um, the one thing I wanted to mention from post game, it was – a really strange answer from Chris Middleton. Um, I just kind of asked what it was like to, you know, get leaned on in the in the second half and be the one that kind of had the offense rolling and uh, be the one that the the team turned to because in that fourth quarter it, it was largely him before Bledsoe closed that and 
he answered just playing hard. That's what I've noticed. Over the first couple games, I don't think I was playing hard enough. I talked to some team, to some coaches, teammates. KG also came in, and the common thing that most of the guys were saying was, I've seen you play harder, and I think that was true. I was thinking too much about other stuff, and now I just feel like I'm playing hard and not worrying about everything else, which has been working out. Was not ready for that answer. I was very surprised by – I didn't ask about – early struggles or anything like that and chris said that it, it was just a strange thing where i was like did i i don't think i asked a question about that uh so i followed up and asked like what do you mean playing harder what do you mean by that and he said just higher energy more effort just I, i've had a couple lazy plays i tended to just jog up and down the court a couple times and they were right i saw it you've got to have a heart to heart with yourself and be honest with yourself frank i'm totally kind of surprised because i feel like we've just kind of accepted that chris middleton is going to start a season slow because well that's what he does um and i I don't know i i was kind of taken aback by that from a question that didn't ask anything about his effort his early struggles feeling the i don't what do you do with that where does your head go when you saw that answer yeah, I mean, the strange thing is, you know, the obvious issue Chris had early in the season, um, and again, you know, what was he, three out of seven from three tonight, so now seven of 12 the last two games. Um, you know, the obvious issue Chris has had early in the season has been his three-point shooting and his, you know, just his scoring efficiency in general. To me, that's not really like a an effort type type situation yeah. right like he's not trying hard enough to shoot to hit threes I mean, <laughs> right? that's 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 not really kind of what i don't know that doesn't really explain sort of like the core issue at least um you know that that i think we would say was was going yeah. wrong so uh so yeah I, I don't know i mean defensively was he not trying hard enough i you know certainly it's kind of hard with chris because he's not like a guy who who I don't know. He's not like the kind of guy like you notice from like a try hard perspective. You can't anyway, see him you know? exerting like, his effort. Like yeah, he, he, like he's always yeah. more of a sort of smooth under control type guy on both ends. Yep. Um so so yeah, that's that's weird. That's kind of interesting. I mean, didn't he have that comment last year about Bucks like not coming into camp in shape or something the year before? Didn't he have something like that last year where like he kind of just okay. randomly Yeah. Ad- and I thought I thought maybe last year you no, said it, that about the year before. No, it was definitely um, him, and it was random yeah. in that same way. So I guess maybe sometimes he just wants to get stuff off his chest, and he's going to answer a question <laughs> even if it's totally unrelated. Um, yeah, but yeah, but I mean, look at look at Chris Middleton's numbers right now. As as much as you know, I think a lot of Bucks fans would say he's been underwhelming to start the year. I mean, he's still at a shade under nineteen points shade under six rebounds five assists um (laughs) 1.2 steals per game three point percentage up to 32 percent now so i mean as as much as he's struggled you know you can just see a couple a couple nice shooting games and and that number is already kind of uh you know headed in the right direction so hopefully uh hopefully they will continue to do so and um yeah we'll be interested to see i mean it's part of the reason for the short bench i think you alluded to it dalla sits the game out with uh, a sore knee um so we'll kind of see We'll see how that evolves because looks like you know it, Eric Bledsoe may have to do that at some point uh, soon or well I don't want to say soon but at some point you'd expect Eric Bledsoe maybe to have to sit a game out as well just given his history. Um, yep. So uh, again, um, I think that'll be interesting to see. Also interesting to see. I mean, I'm I'm curious. I mean, I'm sure if the Bucks had a deal to to move Delhi's salary to you know shed a bunch of future. Uh, 
you know future obligations i'm sure at this point they they would right just because they already have two obvious guys ahead of him in the rotation at the point but um it'll be interesting to see i mean that's the thing with bledsoe's history part of me kind of feels like man as much as you know we've obviously talked about the value of being able to kind of push delhi out of the rotation or at least out of the point guard ball handling mix for to a large extent um I don't know. I mean, the, the the upside of him being around is that you're probably going to need somebody because, you know, you're going to have injuries at some point. But, yep. um, you know, knock on wood, right? Hopefully, hopefully Bledsoe's knee, knee gets better here um, because, you know, that's it, kind of, the I guess, the, the one thing that makes you a little nervous here is as, as much as they are obviously winning games and, um, you know, 4-0 now since Bledsoe arrived, uh, you know, uh, if he is still a little dinged up, um, and again, maybe part of that is just not having played right since uh, since coming over, or sorry, in the past two two weeks before he came over. Um, you you obviously don't want him to to overexert. And again, he's at 29 minutes per game since he since he came uh, from Phoenix, so he's not getting run into the ground yet. But um, bears bears monitoring because yep. you know that may be one of those things where they have to be very careful about him. Uh, you know, in general. All right, I think that's going to be it for us for tonight. Milwaukee Bucks win 99-95 over the Detroit Pistons. A bit of a off night, I guess, for Giannis. Uh, he had those five falls, kind of took him out of the flow late. He ends the night with 21 points, six rebounds, an assist, three steals, and four blocks, two of which came in quick succession. And my God, were they... They were wonderful. Um, so he struggles a little bit. Chris carries much of the playmaking load in the fourth quarter. 27 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds, 2 steals for Middleton on the night. And then Eric Bledsoe closes it out. 14 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds, 3 steals, 2 blocks. Again, he he was everywhere uh, for moments of the game, and then shut it down late with a, a late jumper. And then Tony Snell helped out as well, hit a couple free throws, as did Bledsoe. Bucks win ninety nine ninety five. For Frank Madden, this has been Eric Name, and this has been Locked On Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks are still undefeated during the Eric Bledsoe era. Talk to you tomorrow.